Today, we're talking everything charting on the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Listen in. Before we get into the show, let's talk a little bit about this episode's sponsor. V Funds is a commercial multifamily real estate firm trusted by physician investors, physician families, and busy entrepreneurs from all over the U.S. Located in Dallas, Texas, and founded by Vina Jetty, V Fund specializes in curating conservative passive real estate investment opportunities for investors. Vina brings a dynamic perspective to targeting, acquiring, managing, and operating investment assets using the best time-tested practices combined with cutting-edge technologies. Reach out to Vina and her team at VFunds to find out how you can be a successful investor too by creating opportunities for you to build your portfolio. You can find them at drpodcastnetwork.com slash VFunds. Again, it's at drpodcastnetwork.com slash V-I-V-E funds. Welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast, where it's all about serving the early career physician. Let's talk about the unique issues that face us so we can create a better future for ourselves and those to come. And now your host, Dr. Andrew Tisser. Hey, everybody, it's Andrew, and welcome back to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. I'm so happy you're here. For my returning listeners, thank you so much. For my new listeners, welcome. Because today, like on every episode, we're talking to the best guests from all around healthcare and beyond on issues relating to the early career physician. Today, we have Dr. Sarah Smith. Dr. Smith is the charting coach for physicians and a practicing rural family physician in Alberta. Sarah is the founder of the Charting Champions Program, helping hundreds of physicians in the specific area of getting home with their charting done. Sarah has a passion for reducing burnout and overwhelm, resulting from the administrative burden of clinical medicine using evidence-based coaching to help physicians find the most simple solutions within the clinical environments that they work in. Sarah is married to a husband of 21 years and has two sons and lives on her small farm. Evenings and weekends are for enjoying pursuits such as farming, exploring, reading, and coaching. Well, let's get Sarah onto the show. Sarah Smith, welcome to the Talk To Me Doc podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, I've already recorded a little about you for the audience, but in your own words, could you tell us kind of who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm Sarah Smith. I'm a family physician, rural Alberta, um, but I'm also the charting coach. So I help physicians and healthcare professionals get home with everything done. Um, So that's working on charting, inboxes, consultation style, anything we need to get you back to your evenings and weekends. So that's what I do. That's amazing. I, I know a lot of docs certainly need help with their charting. What's uh, what's the backstory? How'd you get involved with uh, helping physicians with their charting? Yeah, definitely. So uh, as a family physician, it was about year 14 of um, not quite sure when I would be getting home. So you'd have the patients would finish and then two hours later, I'm still at work doing paperwork charting I'd get the text from husband asking when I would be home and knew that I'd forgotten again to let him know what was going on and knew that I would be going home at that point because it was time to you know cook dinner and be part of the family knowing full well that this wasn't done there was still paperwork to do later Um, so it's actually on the road to a medical student orientation because we have student doctors in our community for a year they do their whole third year here Uh, And I'm one of the medical educators. So five-hour drive. And I was looking for a motivational speaker just to improve my speaking skills um, and came across a podcast from a life coach. And within five hours of listening, I was hooked on, hey, there could be a better way of doing this. 
um, not specifically in charting, but just in life in general, and was able to use the skills of coaching to improve my practice. Took about 18 months to figure it out, um, but the transformation was so incredibly wonderful. Seeing patients doing notes going home after the last patient with no homework, that was unbelievable. So it led me to wanting to be a coach to help other physicians specifically in this area too. So that was my one goal for doing coach certification. That's so amazing. You know, it's uh, it's certainly a, a nice niche that you have there, but but really needed. So, I mean, what, what do you say to the to the new grad who's just overwhelmed with charts and seeing patients and, and really learning how to be an attending physician, right? Because there's, there's so much when you first come out of training as to, uh, you know, all the skills you got to pick up and, and all the medical knowledge, but then you got all this excessive documentation or at least the perception of excessive documentation. So what's, you know, what's your first piece of advice to the new doctor? Oh, that's a great question. So I, I just love when newbies enter my world. So when the new grads enter my world, because I'm thinking, how much time are they saving over their whole career by learning how to get home with their charting done? I would have, I didn't realize I needed that at the beginning, but wow, would that have been such an amazing skill set to have. So this is, <laughs> I teach older doctors as well, how to do this for their medical students. So as I said, we have third-year medical students in our circle for a whole year, and part of their training with me is that they're doing their medical documentation with patients. They're learning it as med students. They're learning that the documentation is part of this encounter. It's going to be done before you come and talk to me, and we set that standard from the beginning. So I remember as an intern way back when, you would change rotations in the hospital and you would go down to the dictation room and whatever your colleague left for you last time was yours. So there's like 50 charts just sitting there and none of them were actually your backlog at all. And you had to just <laughs> buckle up and do discharge summaries on people you'd never met before. That was grunt work. That is not what I would you know, wish on anybody else. Um, so what I recommend is that, yes, you're learning a lot of medicine, Yes, it is such a brain squeeze to be trying to fit all this information in. And you've got a whole lot of questions about, am I capable? Can I do this? Um, am I doing a good job? However, if at the beginning you understand that as this consultation ends, there is documentation that is required for informational continuity. If we start to consider that this charting is part of the encounter and as the encounter finishes and the charting is done, so we're completing that consultation, including the documentation as we go, that's our most efficient way to get the documentation done. It's the most efficient way to move through your day without that mental load of thinking about the last four, five, eight patients you've seen today. Even within the hospital session setting, we talk about seeing patients and closing charts as you go. So there isn't this end of day, I'm tired, my brain's full of people, and now I have to sit down and do something I'm not enjoying for the next X number of hours. So now I'm looking for cookies and distractions and Facebook and Netflix and people to talk to like anything else. That's Maybe just a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're home, it's a glass of wine for sure. Um, and so this is where we're starting to see physicians 
they start under earning because now the money earned within that encounter is being diluted by hours of charting afterwards. Billing's not getting done if it's adding to a backlog. So learning these skills upfront are so valuable, Save, saving you hours and improving your earning potential immediately. Yeah, it's a good point. And and also, you know, if you're doing all your charts at the end of the day or when you get home or what have you, um, you're, you're going to forget things, right? Um, you know, uh, was that guy there for, you know, what kind of chest pain did he have or what have you, right? Um, doing your charts in real time certainly leads to a more accurate and more complete chart. Um, the, uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm an ER doctor. I, I, I certainly try to do at least go see a patient, sit down at my desk and dictate the HPI, ROS and physical exam, maybe a few differentials as soon as I see the patient, because I've got a million other people to see. I'm not going to remember the the exact details of that case. So certainly for complete, completeness sake, um, I think doing charts in real time is, is very helpful. Yeah. So when we consider that that documentation needs to exist, and if you're not going to do it now, what it means is that you are tasking your future self homework, which is oh so much fun, right? Mm, I like um, that. <laughs> <laughs> your future self's not very happy with you. <laughs> not point. at all. So what we do in a day, we start to understand how we want to chart. So you dictate other people, write notes. So we start with some questions such as, what does exist at the end of the consultation already? So what have I already done in the room? How could that be improved to start with? What am I doing over and over that I should try and start to simplify or create shortcuts for? So we start to be really curious with what you're doing within the consultation. We start thinking about the consultation length, including the documentation. So if you see have appointment visits for 15 minutes, but you know your charting is going to take five minutes, we get to see the patient in 10 minutes. Like we have to start thinking about this from a, how do I get out of here in the shortest amount of time? So it could be that you're increasing the number of uh, the amount of charting you're doing in the room, or it could mean that you're me being more strategic with doing your charting immediately after. But remember that we're trying not to be distracted. Like when you get back to that desk, I bet you've got inbox things blinking at you, more emails, phone messages, people have left stuff all over your desk. Yep. All of that's a distraction, right? You got it. <laughs> you got it. If we are being strategic and efficient about this, you're seeing patients and doing the charts, but you've prioritized all of that other work phone calls, inboxes, messages for a protected time as well. So we're not just seeing patients doing notes and then doing a couple of other things before you start the next consultation. We're going through your day with the most efficient process for you. That's great. I love that. You know, I'll tell you a story. I, I became efficient with my own charting in residency out of necessity. So my wife and I, we lit, we went, we were training two hours apart. So whenever I wanted to go home and see her, if when I left the hospital, I had very limited amount of time to spend with my wife. So I, 
charting at home was not an option because when I was home, I wanted to spend the time I had with her. Um, so it, I just developed efficiency in residency and it took time I mean, it took work, right? You have, like you said, you have to do an audit of what you're doing, what you're doing with the patients, what you're doing with your charting, what you can automate, um, et cetera. Um, but it was out of necessity. And then I don't bring, I've never brought charts home pretty much my entire, you know, here, maybe you have a, a terrible, horrible day where the hospital explodes and you need to do a chart or two at home, but I don't bring charts home. And so it's, it's certainly a, a process that you can work on and develop over time. It, and I like that you talk about your efficiency in the room as well as your efficiency in charting, because that that's all time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we're exploring it from the clinical day from a 360 degree angle. We're starting to think about how you do business instead of just being in the busyness of your day. So that autonomy, that ability to sit back and thinking about what am I doing in my day? Who's interrupting me? Where are my minutes and seconds going? If I wanted to have that end result of leaving after the last patient with everything done, how would I do it? What would it look like to be in that place and then working backwards from there? So we're not going to have this result tomorrow, but it's possible to have this result. If we have been thinking about it from our position, like we are the executives, we are the decision makers in our business, even if we're not the business owners, right? You are a decision maker. You're making thousands of decisions daily. So now we need to be thinking about your clinical day and how we could be getting you through the day with everything done. It's It may not be for everybody. Not everybody wants this, but I'm going to suggest most of you don't like homework. You've got <laughs> other things to be doing. Right. You have a life to live, right? And, and, from a, a pure dollars and cents perspective, you don't get paid for the work you do at home. You don't get paid for the work you do after hours, right? You get you get paid either your salary or if you're out, like I, I'm an hourly employee. If I do stuff at home, they don't pay me for that. So, you know, if we're just talking about practicality and dollars and cents, that's time loss that you can be doing other things, whether they be income producing activities or whether they'd be spending time with your family or playing guitar or whatever you like to do, you know? Yeah. Even studying for your exams, if you're still um, in the process of uh, finishing up what you need to do to become that attending doctor. Um, so we want you thinking about seeing patients, doing charts, having that strategy for your inboxes results, starting to have a process for what is distracting me? Who's interrupting me? And how can we start to make a change there? Because each time you're interrupted, you're being, you're asking your brain five questions before you even answer that question. So we're really adding to that mental load of decision-making, right? We're adding to the decisions you're making each day. So it's adding more and more mental energy and fatigue to the day. Um, like you said, the, most efficient way to earn money is to be finishing each consultation completely as you go. Now, do you advocate doing charts in the room with the patients? I know there's like a, a lot of people are very divided about this. Um, and I know some of the 
I know I myself as a patient, I don't really love it when my doctor's like typing away while talking to me, but um, I also understand the necessities of the profession right now. So is that something you advocate or, or not? So I work with the physician with whatever they are doing right now to improve it and make it as simple as possible. So I'm working with physicians who are typing in the room, who are dictating after, who are writing on paper charts, who have scribes or physician assistants. Like We will improve your ability to get that charting done after the consultation. So some are using those um, new virtual scribes. <clears throat> that's probably the um, least likely to get you out of that consultation with everything done. Um, so it doesn't matter. I guess is the, the answer to that question is whatever you are doing or want to do, let's try and get it so that you see patients and close charts. So that dictation, if that is something you want to do, we're making sure we've built in time after the consultation to get that dictation complete. So it's done at the end of this consultation. That's fine. Or you're chatting in the room. Now, if you went and saw a lawyer about a matter and they took zero notes for an hour, do you trust their brain to remember the minor details of that consultation with you? That's a good point. And when you see your doctor for 20 minutes and you talk about three different issues and then they move straight on to the next patient. Are you interested as to whether they'll remember all of those details in good quality details? So it's interesting how our brain comes up with these ideas that I'm happy that my doctor doesn't chart in the room. Well, I'm not. I'd rather they were writing stuff down as I told them actually, so that the accuracy of that encounter is as good as possible. So it's not that you have to do it a certain way, but just be interested in what your brain's telling you. I was having a great discussion with some providers last night about how we would never turn our back on a patient to write notes in the room. I'm like, why? Oh, because that's rude. Interesting. So it was their brain was telling them that not having eye contact with a patient is going to interrupt their relationship with the patient, or it's going to create this perception that I'm being rude. Those thoughts are what we call very expensive thoughts because they are now stealing your time. You're saying yeah. that I'm going to do homework later so that, that I don't turn my back to the patient in the room. Very interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. I like it. So what other what other practical tips do you have for the new doc that's just starting? You know, I, I think you, you talked about just figuring out, you know, what where you spend your time and, and working on your efficiency and automation. But, you know, how do, how do you get started with this? Is it is it just paying attention to what you do throughout the encounter and throughout the day? Or, you know, what's how do you get started? Yeah. So I start with the results that you've got right now. So right now, have a look at the results that are happening for your day. So what percentage of charts are done by the end of the day? How many hours are you spending doing that charting in the evening? And what would you like if you were to actually choose it? So what would be what you would like to create for yourself? Because now we have what is happening right now. We've actually 
thought about what is happening right now and we have a thought about where we're going. What do we want to achieve? And now we have to see why don't we have that result? What is happening throughout our day that's creating that result? Some of the simple things to think about is, you know, if your patients start at 9 a.m., what time are you actually entering the room and why? Where did that start? So if you're entering the room at 10 past nine, is that because the patient was roomed at eight minutes past nine? Because these are the compounding minutes of our day. Is it because you walked into the clinic at 10 past nine and why? And that could have started way back in the morning when your alarm first went off or the night before when you tried to go to bed, right? So we're starting to be really just curious. What are the results I have and why? And then what is stopping me getting the result that I want, what's getting in the way. So it could be what you're doing in the room. It could be that you haven't spent that time to understand your EMR. Um, It could just be you've never paid attention. Are you doing things between patients? That's all compounding minutes. And so where can we put some protected time to do the things that you might consider random activities of the day, like your results and your phone calls and your messages and your questions from the staff? So that's how we start getting started. That's great. You know, it's, and and you hear it sometimes like, well, you know, when I'm at work, like I want to, you know, I want to talk to my coworkers. I don't want it to be just like stress all day long. But, you know, my counter argument to that has always been when I'm at work, I want to work. Right. And when I'm at home, I want to be at home. So if having an extra couple of conversations about the football game with my colleagues is detracting me from getting my notes done on time that I know what I'm going to choose. But sometimes you don't even realize those, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there, 10 minutes there really add up over the course of a workday. Yeah. Compounding minutes are so important. So while you may like to have that social interaction at work, I think is part of our enjoyment of the workplace. But having ahead of time decided, when am I going to attack inboxes today? What are the hours that I will or the minutes I will put aside to do that? And then having that commitment that at 12.30, I'm going to be at my desk to empty my inbox. That will be the dedicated time for that. Then you know when you're in the lunchroom and you're having a good old chat, which many people are like, what's a lunch break? (laughs) But when you're in the chat room, you know, at 1230, you need to be back at your desk because you've made that appointment with yourself. You know that by turning up and doing that work at 1230, it's going to create you getting home on time. Now you get to be the one to lead that session. You get to say, okay, see ya and get back to the work that you've assigned for yourself knowing that it's uncomfortable now to do that, but your future self, that 5 p.m. everything's done self is so proud of you and so excited to be going home with no homework. That's really great. What do you say to someone who's just so overwhelmed, right? So who's just like, yeah, this is all well and good, you know, but that'll, you know, I I can't do that. That won't happen to me. I have a thousand tasks to do, a million notes to write, Mm -hmm. 55 patients to see in a day. Like I, you know, there's no other time but to do it at home or to do it after hours. Like, what do you say to that person who's just so distraught? Yeah, I start with just the knowledge that it is possible. When you know that it's possible, 
and you can start to believe that it could be possible for you because right now it is impossible because it's not something you're doing already. It may not be something that you're going to have achieved within the next 30 days or within the next three months. However, if we can start to be curious about what would create a delightful clinical day for you, what is it that is happening, the tasks, the number of hours required to get through your day, and then we start to plan a better clinical day for you. We come up with your strategies for how to get through the day, seeing the patients and doing the charts. So when I start working with physicians, they may have gone from three an hour or four an hour or five an hour, and they've just started to reduce the number of patients per hour that they're seeing because they're just overwhelmed and stuck. And they come in and they're like, why can I see two patients an hour and still not get my charting done? And they're just overwhelmed and they're so upset about this. They've now reduced the number of patients they're seeing. So they're under earning and they have no idea how to get themselves out of this hole. So we just start with where they're at and we start being curious and asking those questions again. So what does exist at the end of this encounter? If we wanted to uh, increase the amount being done in the room or improve the efficiency of the dictation after How would we start to do that? So we just start with the basic building blocks of where are we going to do? What are we going to do? What's the strategy for you? So what's your most simple solution to get out of this mess? Uh, What are the other expectations of your day? And have we accounted for them? So many physicians have not accounted for the amount of time it takes them to do those messages, inboxes, results. We start being curious about Where are the holdups when you're doing those inboxes? Why are they taking three hours? Why can't they take two hours or one hour? What is the fastest way to get out of that inbox too? Uh, And then we also have strategies for backlog. So we're talking about when are we going to do that backlog and the strategies for getting started and getting things done as fast as possible. That's great. Yeah, I I really love what you're doing. It's, It's so important to to get these charts done. And it's such a major source of burnout nowadays, right? Excessive documentation. We hear it all the time, excessive documentation. It's not, it's not excessive documentation, really. It just is right. I I think people need to come to terms with documentation is here to stay. The EMRs are here to stay. um, And we need to work, uh, you know, use them to the best of our ability to serve our patients and to speak to each other, um, which is what they were originally designed to do. So um, I think, yeah, I think what you're doing is amazing. So really, that's uh, what a service you're providing to the community. Yeah, over the course of, I think it's 22 years, uh, I've worked with a lot of EMRs. I trained in Australia before I came here to Canada. And most EMRs, I'm going to say there's maybe a few in the world that were created for doctors, but the EMR is like working with a dinosaur. It is not provider-friendly easy to use, made for patient safety or safety processes or recall or any of the good things. Um, So it's not the EMR that gets you home with everything done. It's you can work with whatever environment you're in right now. We can help you find your most simple solution to get out with the patient seeing the documentation done and the inbox is finished. Like that is, if we're starting to think about our clinical day as there is an end point and I want everything done by then. And we just start being curious, how can I get out of this as fast as possible? Rather than 
this is so awful, I'm overwhelmed, the EMR sucks, like all of those thoughts just create more mental energy and mental burden for you. But as you're starting to be curious of how can I see patients in close charts, how can I get out of this as fast as possible, then you start to find that resourceful part of your brain that can help you. And then if you're still stuck, then go find a coach that can help you as well. Everything. I asked every mentor as I was going through my training, how do you do the paperwork? And they would say, come in on Sunday. I'm like, no, that's not the answer I'm looking for. And so finding your strategy for how to see patients do inboxes and get home with your charting done, if you cannot figure it out, then find someone who can help you. And that can be a coach. That could be one of your mentors. But as we're starting to think about your clinical day, Start being curious about what you want and start remembering that you are part of that executive of your day. You are a decision maker. Even when you're not an owner of the business, you can still start to be more efficient in your clinical day to be able to get the result that you want as well as the patients being seen. Perfect. Yeah, I love that. Well, Sarah, we're starting to run out of time here, but um, if we could transition the show just to get you get to know you a little bit better, what do you like to do for fun? I like hiking. I like kayaking. I have a clinical practice and I also have a side gig coaching business. Obviously, that's what we're talking about today. Um, They are parts of what I like to do for fun. And for exercise, I like to do kickbox cardio. Love it. All right. Do you have a book recommendation for the listener? I loved Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Folio. That is a really good book. I will add that to the list uh, for the for the listeners. And um, if people are really resonating with what you do, or perhaps looking for some more direct help with their coaching, where can with their charting rather, where can they find you? They can find me at chartingcoach.ca. And on the website, they'll find a Stop Charting at Night Masterclass, which is free to watch as well. Excellent. Um, I'll put the links to that in the show note as well. Um, You've given us a lot of great advice on this show, but if you could distill your advice down to just one single piece of advice for the early career physician, what would that be? Stay curious about what you want in addition to all of the other things that influence your day. Perfect. Simple, but profound. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show and educating us about charting. Uh, Really, maybe not the most uh, interesting topic uh, that you want to look up a podcast about, but but really so important and really brings you back, you know, it allows you to live your life because you're leaving work at work. So really, thank you so much for educating on this. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye-bye. What a great show. Before we end, just a quick reminder about our sponsor, Vive Funds. Vive Funds provides unique, passive, multifamily investment opportunities as they vet and bring to you as an investor. Reach out to Vina Jetty to see how partnering with Vive can help you reach your real estate investment goals at drpodcastnetwork.com slash V-I-V-E funds. What an amazing episode with Dr. Smith. She really makes the kind of mundane topic of charting exciting to talk about. If you are struggling with this common issue facing physicians in relation to burnout, you should really seek her out. As you may hear in the background, my daughter Marlo agrees. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please leave me an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts and share it with at least three of your colleagues. It really helps get the show out there. The other thing I'd like you to do after listening is follow me on LinkedIn under my name, Andrew Tisser, where I'm most active on social these days. Please reach out if you need anything. And as always, if you're a physician suffering from career dissatisfaction and are looking for some one-on-one help and advice, book a free call with me. You can find a link on my website. All right, everybody. Until next time, keep talking. All opinions expressed by the guest in this episode are solely the guest's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof. The guest's opinions are based upon information he or she considers reliable, but Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, nor any affiliates thereof warrant its completeness or accuracy. The guest, Andrew Tisser DO, TalkToMe.LC, or any affiliates thereof are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this episode. The guest statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.